Welcome back to Cinema Vino. Thank you guys so much for continuing to stick with us and listen. Um, so we're getting closer and closer to brand new material. Uh, we're working on that right now, and it will debut January 31st. Uh, so that'll be exciting stuff. The Godfather, one of the most iconic movies ever made. And then pretty much we have good stuff planned for the rest of all the way through fall, summer, fall. There'll be some good content for you. Uh, right now, we're going to throw it back to one of my favorite movies ever made, The Lion in Winter. Uh, it could qualify as a Christmas movie for sure. Um, it's set on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh, some of the best dialogue, some of the writing, some of the best acting. It won quite a few Academy Awards. So, uh, one of my favorites. It's a movie I can always go back to. And I'm really glad that we covered it for this podcast. So, uh, now we're going to head back and talk about The Lion in Winter. Enjoy. It's a new series we're doing here, which is kind of about the hosts. We're doing some dealer's choice picks for each of us, and then a chance to get to know us one at a time. Oh, Summer Sequels is over. Yes, Summer right? Sequels is done. Forget about it. Dishes are done, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Summer's done, frankly, sadly. Yeah, no wearing white yeah. for after Labor Day. No. Not summer. No condoms. <laughs> what? Oh, that's a, oh, is, wait. That's after... Oh. I thought that was the thing. Yeah. After no, Labor Day? Yeah, no condom after Labor Day. Oh. Oh, shit. I, I thought that oh, was okay. up until Flag Day. Oh, I need sailors to, wear condoms. I need, yeah. No, it's no wearing condoms causes Labor Day. Ooh. I'm going to have to change yeah. my whole social calendar around. Yeah, I should make some phone calls. I'm better late to find out now than never. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Is this a podcast? Yeah. How when do we segue condoms to Lion in Winter? I don't know. Condoms is a tough segue. Uh, I'll tell you what. Peter uh, O'Toole should have worn a fucking yeah, condom exactly. in Lion God Winter. Damn, yeah. right. Exactly. Didn't want those fucking kids. Yeah. Todd, do your intro. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing dealer's choice. I'm going first. Um, I'm doing the movie Lion in Winter, one of my all-time favorite movies. I've loved it for years and years. I saw it on AMC as a kid. Yeah, I have a lot of questions on that, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, and I fell in love with the dialogue. I fell in love with the theatricality of the acting just immediately. And I've watched it so many times since then. So um, we're drinking. So the movie uh, takes place in Chinon in France over a Christmas like holiday, basically. And Chinon uh, is the home of Cabernet Franc and also um, Chenin Blanc to a certain degree. Like Vouvray is the main area where Chenin Blanc is grown in France, but you'll also see some Chenin Blanc in, uh, in Chinon. And um, in reality, the Christmas court that they did actually took place in Cannes, which is closer to uh, Normandy. So it's on the coast. Mm. And um, that is the home of Calvados, which is apple brandy. So mm. we're also drinking uh, Pere Maglior, which is uh, Calvados. It's fucking warm in my cheeks. Yeah. 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 It, it is a wintertime type drink. It will get you warm. Yeah. Which cheeks, Travis? Both. All four. Mm. Um, but yeah, Cabernet Franc is... Celebrate the whole catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Cabernet Franc is a very old grape. It is um, one of the... Cabernet Franc was combined with Sauvignon Blanc to make Cabernet Sauvignon. So that is how that grape came about to be. Uh, Cabernet Franc is a little softer. It's a little fruitier. Um, 
basically it's Cabernet with a little more of a softer edge, a little more finesse, a little easier drinking. Cabernet Franc is meant to be consumed now. Cabernet Sauvignons tend to age a little more. Mm-hmm. So Cabernet Sauvignon tend to have tends to have more of fuller body, um, like drier dark fruits, more of an edge. So just bigger bodied and Cabernet Franc is also fuller body, but it's not anywhere near that much. It's it's definitely a softer, lighter uh, red wine. Yeah. And it's one of my favorites. I love Cabernet Franc. I love Chinon. You know, it's pretty easy drinking. This is nice. Mm-hmm. Isn't and, that a Disney movie? Chinon? Mm-hmm. Chinon the sequel? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Chinon, you crazy diamond. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, so Cabernet Franc is uh, one of the grapes of Bordeaux. It's one of the five grapes that makes a Bordeaux wine. Uh, so you will most often see um, Cabernet Franc blended with Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. They put it with those two grapes to give it a little more of a soft edge. So it's unusual to see Cabernet Franc on its own outside of Chinon. And there are some places in America that do it. But kind of like Malbec. And Malbec is a blending grape in most of the world except Argentina. So. Anyway, we are doing Line of Winter, which was released uh, October 30th, 1968. Uh, and you is, saw it in theaters. I did. <laughs> right when it came out. Yeah. Um, wrinkly balls. <laughs> did you say wrinkly ball? Yeah. Okay. That's every year, like past the age of 21, a male, it's science, scientific fact, gains another wrinkle on their balls. Like it's a red much like tree. Yeah, it's like a ring on a yeah. tree. Exactly. Yeah. Your balls must be extra wrinkly. So you can date somebody at the end by like how many wrinkles they have on their balls. No, or not you are date married. Them. You cannot date somebody. That's true. That is very yeah. true. Um, so the, okay. <laughs> set during uh, Christmas of 1183, uh, King, King Henry II, uh, a real person. These are all based on real people. Uh, the playwright James uh, Goldman does a lot of like conjecture and fills in a lot of blanks and, you know, basically adds his own like dramatic license to the story. But uh, background, King Henry uh, had quite a few kids. He had an older son also named Henry who died right before the events of the film. And so that left who was going to take the throne in doubt. And so he assembles everybody. This is a very tumultuous family. They fight a lot. They lead wars against each other. And so basically it's a conflict between Henry and his wife, Eleanor, Eleanor favors King or Prince Richard, which is Anthony Hopkins. Henry favors John, uh, played by um, Nigel. Uh, Nigel Terry, I believe, who also played in Excalibur. Yeah. Played King Arthur. Arthur. So um, basically, it is the struggle between the three sons and their parents about who is going to be the next king of England over the course of this holiday. It's a lot of planning and scheming and, and bickering and. Basically, a family playing games with each other. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love it. It's it was uh, it's always been one of my favorites. I love to go back to it. Um, and so, yeah, we'll talk about the movie a little bit, and then I'll go back and kind of give you guys uh, some uh, notes about what happened after the movie yeah. and who what really happened with the family. So, anyway, um, I'm curious to see what you guys thought of it. So we'll start with Tay. Yeah. I know you have some thoughts. Yeah, no, this uh, this popped my cherry. I had not seen it before. Woo. So um, I got popped, my cherry got popped by a lion. Um, it was 
there, there were a few things like I had just watched like Monty Python and the Holy Grail like two weeks before. I was just like, you know, like, hey, I have the house to myself. I'm just going to watch this because I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And the very f- <laughs> I had to rent it off Amazon. And when I when I played it, I was like, what is this opening scene? I was like. I've heard a giggling. I'm like, am I watching Monty Python again? <laughs> I was like, what, what is happening here? I'm Arthur, king yeah. of the Britons. Yeah, I was like, what is going on? Um, but the first thing I can say about the film is, just from start to finish, some of the most phenomenal acting I've ever I'm seen. I'm sorry, did you say from start to finish? Oh, um, what? No. Am oh, I the only one that heard that? I think so. Okay. Yeah. But you hear what you want to hear. I've had yes. that experience in movies before, oh, though. Yeah. It's definitely been, yeah. it, it, there's been some rough times in the AMC. Oh, yeah. You just got to <laughs> let it go. Yeah. But you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the acting was phenomenal. Um, you know, some of the obviously great. I didn't know that James Bond was in there, mm-hmm. uh, one of the shittiest James Bonds. But I mean, I thought that was like his best role ever. Yeah. Um, the acting was phenomenal for not being, you know, again, 1968. I mean, I'm sure it was probably re enhanced a little bit, but I mean, the visual I thought was really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the acting was amazing. I did get a huge, and I know it came out way later, but. Very Games Throne esque feel. The yeah. games being played, you know, kind of, you know, just the the hierarchy. It, it was, it was very, very, very interesting. I'm like, man, like I can see where some later films took pieces from this film or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it was, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, not maybe a film that I would go back as much as you have gone back and watched it, but I want to watch it again. And just, you know, because the first time you watch it, you're just kind of staring at it. You're just kind of like, okay, I need to try to pick out everything I can in here. But I like to watch it again as just for fun. Yeah. It is very dialogue, very Quentin Tarantino-esque where it's Mm -hmm. like you have to pay attention to this shit. Mm -hmm. Like there were a few times where I kind of just like kind of pulled my phone out because that text went off. And I'm like, shit, what did he say? Damn, we're in the same scene? God damn it. I had to to rewind (laughs) it. And I was like, I I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. Um, but honest, God, it was really, really good. And yeah. as I, I did tell Todd before we started this, it's like I, after watching it, I kind of just Googled reviews because I love to see what other people say about it. And Roger Ebert's review came up on that. Mm-hmm. And from like 19, like November 1968, and I was like, what the hell? It's like, is yeah. this real? And he was like, I wouldn't call it the film itself, but he was like, you know, an Academy Award, but the acting it's like there should be four people winning awards here. Yeah. And it, that is 100% true. Mm-hmm. Um, it was um, Hepburn's third. She got three. Was, was This was her third. This was her third, out of, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Was her third out of four. Yeah. Uh, she tied that year. She, so two people won Best Actress. Yeah. Oh. And unusual for the Oscars. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Has that. What? Yeah. How, yeah. I thought, how was that a thing? I thought it was a totally subjective award. Um, well, I, they, they do votes. And there must have been a tie in the voting between her and Barbara Streisand. They huh. both won Best Actress. Fucking Barb. Mm-hmm. But, I, again, acting was phenomenal, which really kept you into the movie. Yeah. Because there were those long scenes where they were sitting there, and I can't remember um, when they were, when all the sons kind of revealed themselves. I was like... Oh, and Timothy Dalton's movie. Yeah. And I was like, that was... I've seen that movie. Yeah. And... and, I, I, and, and there's been a lot of cringe, and the one scene that I was thinking of, like during that scene, was Quentin Tarantino's and Glorious Bastards, the bar scene. Mm-hmm. That's all I could think of. I was like, God damn, they are dragging this scene out, but I'm here for it. Yeah. And it was like, that's how the Tarantino bar scene was for me. I was like, what in the hell is about to happen? So, like, you know, for as long as it was going on and just being straight up just dialogue heavy, I thought it was damn good. Yeah. I love, yeah. So, I gotta say, it, 
it was a damn good film. I'm glad I watched it. This is why I do the podcast, yeah. so I can see Ooh. films like this. Because I had no idea what it was. Yeah, no idea. But it was really good. I, I liked it a lot. Who, who was the director? Um, I didn't do any research. <laughs> yeah, I, was just like, <laughs> I didn't do shit. And I'm gonna have to go back and look. Okay, I Anthony that. Harvey. Yes, and who was also nominated for an Oscar for that for, for the film? Okay, because okay. I remember, yeah, just in that review, he was just like, I don't know if I would call this Academy Award winning film, mm-hmm. but the acting itself are just you know yeah. above and beyond. Peter O'Toole as the King oh, Henry yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I, he was nominated for I don't know how many Academy Awards and never won anything. No shit. I yeah. think you did mention that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is actually his second uh, time to play King Henry in movies. Wow. Four years before this came out, Wait, he was... Second time to play King Henry the second? Mm-hmm. Second time to play this same part. Oddly specific. Yeah. Okay. He played him in a movie called Beckett with uh, Richard Burton, Thomas Beckett, um, which mainly centers on the character of Thomas Beckett and his relationship with King Henry. In that movie, King Henry is supposed to be a very young man because Peter O'Toole was in his 30s when this came out. And so, really, they made him out to be older. Yeah, they they put makeup on him, and yeah. Which, incidentally, Peter O'Toole lived a very hard life. He was one of the hardest hardest partiers in movie history. I mean, he was a crazy man. Shit, I know. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he he died in what, like two thousand five? It was about two thousand thirteen, fourteen, somewhere in there. He lived into his eighties, which is amazing that he lived as long as he did. He nearly died. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Eighty one. Yeah, it's amazing he Damn. lived that long. It's amazing he lived past his 40s. Good for him. As yeah, hard as he was. Awesome. Him, Richard Harris, um, Oliver Reed, and Richard Burton, four actors, formed this kind of quartet of just crazy people who would just drink yeah. like by the gallon. They were notorious hard partiers. So, I like it. Yeah. And it's like, man, they... Four people who drink. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking losers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who so, does that? Never make a career out of that. Bunch of hogwash. Cinema Vina was brought to you by <laughs> Peter O'Toole. Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> Peter uh, O'Toole is our spirit animal for this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, um, Peter O'Toole was nominated for both for playing King Henry twice. That's crazy. At two, uh, two very yeah. different ages within four years. So, huh. yeah. Huh. I would guess he was nominated for at least six Oscars and never won anything. Damn, jeez, yeah. it was a damn. It, Even, and Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. you know? or the film did one, but not him. Yeah, okay. so he was the Leo of, of his time. Yes, and never they gave him an honorary one later, like almost. That sucks. Yeah, that's almost kind of insult to injury. Yeah, it's like a pat yeah. on the back, like ah, oh, good job, bud. Yeah, and he, I think he very much should have won one for this one because it was that good. It was yeah. a performance. It was pretty impressive. It was very, it was very impressive. Do you know who yeah. won that year? I don't know. We'd have to look that up. I, I'm. I want to guess. I want to say, um, maybe Sidney Poitier for "In the Heat of the Night." That's my guess. In the heat of the night. That, that was either '67 or '68. He won. That was a theme song, right? Yeah, because <laughs> there was a TV show for it too. <laughs> Silk stockings. <laughs> Amen. Um, so, Traff, your thoughts? Yeah. So this was my second time watching it. Um, Todd had me watch this. Mm. Maybe ten years ago, it was. It been a hot minute. Yeah, but uh, I was looking for it again, honestly, and it I couldn't find it anywhere. And I was like, oh, I'll just go ahead and buy it. So uh, I, ju- I watched it on on Blu-ray, but I was also watched it in fast forward until they started talking, just because <laughs> it's a two-hour, fourteen-minute movie, and there's that- a lot of long, like that that credit sequence, too goddamn long. You yeah. watch like that horses fighting for like yeah. five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and they show up and keep grabbing all the brothers and whatnot. Um, so 
I love this uh, movie for for uh, f- a couple reasons. One, the acting. Yes, again, lots of that fake holding your hand out Shakespeare acting, but lots of you know, lots of yelling, lots of snipes back and forth, um, and then dialogue is great too. There's some great lines in this, and it's very. If I can explain it this way, it's very Shakespearean, except they don't use the high super high English. So it is um, a little more understandable than, um, than Shakespeare. So it, it's, it's more accessible in that way. And it's, it's just like watching a play. Cause they only have, a, um, it, seven main characters. It's, it's Peter O'Toole, uh, you know, King Henry, his wife, their three sons. And then you have his mistress and then you have the King of France, Timothy Dalton, and I think that's about it. Yeah. That, those are seven main characters anyway. Um, and, and they all did great. Uh, Nigel was, you know, just kind of the mousy little kid, John. And he was just, just his body uh, yeah. shape. I was like, which, all right. I mean, he, it's not like he did bad in the film, but he which, played it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And, and which reminded me of Monty Python and the Holy mm-hmm. Grail. Yeah. It was like, it, it was just like, and there were so many similarities with that. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Well, He's talking away what's weird and running away. Tay talking about Quentin Tarantino twice during this. I was thinking the same thing. Watching it the second time, uh, I was like, man, I know it could be blasphemous. I would 100% watch uh, Quentin Tarantino do a remake of this. Yeah. It felt almost like Hateful Eight, where they're all in the same room. and yeah. all the same. Bubble episode, yeah. 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 Um, but... But sometimes their their dialogue was too quick, and I, I you know I would slow it down on that to uh, listen. But it was man, deliveries were all good. It just it seems like something um, other than a whole bunch of death and blood and gore would be right up Quentin Tarantino's alley. Yeah, yeah. and feet. Don't forget feet. Yeah, mm, feet. Yeah. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. Aaron Sorkin too. I got a very heavy Aaron Sorkin vibe from it. Like that very it's articulate. Yeah. It's yeah. smart people saying smart things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and rapid fire. A lot of manipulation, a lot of lies. Like Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, it's uh, what I, one of the weird things is at the end, I, I couldn't remember how it ended, but there wasn't really too much of a resolution. They were just like, well, they kicked all the kids out and they're all on the run now. And you know, John's fucked and he's just going (laughs) to wave goodbye to Catherine Hepburn and they're going to see each other at Easter or something. That's Mm -hmm. all right. Well, status quo. Don't know. We didn't really reach any resolution other than everybody's pissed at each other. again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That, that downplays it because it is so worthwhile to watch. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Um, yeah, they they were in reality a very violent family. I know that their older brother Henry led a rebellion that was put down, and then Richard and Eleanor banded together and rebelled, and then that got put down. And then later on, I believe John, because spoiler alert, Richard becomes king later, and John leads a rebellion against him that gets put down. So they they do a lot of. Fighting, but doesn't yes. John become king after Richard? John becomes yeah. king, yeah, yeah. And I think Disney did a cartoon about that. Yes, yeah. Um, John <laughs> is the villain in the Robin Hood legend. He is Ooh. the Prince John is yeah. like one. He Robin is, Hood and Little John. He is like the the, the benefactor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Disney. Um, Anthony Hopkins 
did great. In oh, yeah. And fucking stellar. And I had never heard of John Castle. I was unfamiliar with, but yeah. Yeah. Great as well. And then Timothy Dalton. I've never seen that dude younger. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Oh, he was like, <laughs> like 20, maybe. Yeah. And his oh, wow. beard was sharp. It was yeah. very sharp. So yeah. sharp. Yeah. I don't know if that's like somebody in the makeup department was just like, all right, I'm going to that sharp has like a square edge out there, and it's just mm-hmm. like that sharp beard brought yeah. all the boys to the yard. Uh, all of the boys yeah. which came to the yard. Guard, but I was okay with it. <laughs> but yeah, you, not a twist I expected from 1968. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put there several even, of those in there. Historically uh, accurate. Yeah, even rumored. Okay. Uh, King Henry was talking about like I've had little boys. Little boys. boys like, that yeah. caught me off guard. And that's wow. kind of Game of Thrones ish too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there's one dark moment from Jeffrey that I didn't catch it until I watched it a few times where he was talking to Eleanor and he was like, I can remember all the way back to my third birthday and I remember who did what to who and what it felt like. And it's like, I listen to that later. It's like he's oh, saying he was molested yeah, at his yeah. third birthday. I don't like that. Very, it's a very dark moment. But then he continues on to say, I can remember that far back and I don't remember anything from you or father but indifference. So basically it's like he's saying I was molested and you guys don't love me. You didn't yeah. give shit. He was definitely like the coldest, most calculating oh, of yeah. the brothers. Like Richard yeah. was like passionate and violent. Mm-hmm. Like John, Jeffrey was just like straight up like just like I'm going to stab you in the back. And I'm telling you to your face right now I think I'm going to stab you to the back. Yeah. Yeah. The only other two characters that were in it was like. A captain type of the guard that mm-hmm. they were always, you know, giving uh, orders dude, to. Dude, he just and like the, showed up. And then yeah. the bishop guy. Yeah. He was silent like, until he was right behind you, and then you notice, like, oh, mm-hmm. well, there he is. And what's crazy is that guy. So John becomes king later, and John is such a horrible king that he inspires the Magna Carta. Basically, uh-huh. the, the country comes together and they put limits on the monarchy because John is such a horrible bully of a king. And so it. Which that established the parliament? And constitutional, like, yeah, it was, it was the basis of the United States Constitution and yeah. everything. And I mean, it set the groundwork of like, you have to have something on paper that limits what people can do. And so, and the monarchy has to abide by it. So, so in some ways, he's actually the best king. Yeah. I mean, he inspired, <laughs> in, in the long game, he inspired democracy because it was like, you know, the people have, the people can't be oppressed. It's like, the first thing it was was that you can't tax people to death. Help, help, being oppressed. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was John. And so when he died, his son took over. And I don't remember what, I think his son was John II? Henry Third, And uh, the guy, that silent guy, William Marshall, because Henry III became king as a, a boy, I believe. William Marshall basically ran England, that guy. He, he took over. He was like the de facto king of England. So interesting story about that guy who's always lurking in the yeah. background. He eventually becomes, which is what Jeffrey was supposed to be for John when John became king, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Huh. So, but Jeffrey was killed supposedly in a jousting accident not too long after that. So he never really got the chance to He's do probably jousting with Richard. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony Hopkins was another guy that had a severe drinking problem during this time period, and he later cleaned up. But yeah, he also like nearly. Destroyed himself with booze. Huh. Canty? So, I don't know what he drank. I don't know. I, should, <laughs> I remember seeing multiple interviews with him because he's been sober for a long time. Nice but, chilled fresca. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love a fresca? No. I'm a senior miss guy, but you know, mm. it is what it is. Really? That's why Burger Street's uh, cherry limeades are so delicious. They use their mist. Little known <laughs> fact. So, Sean, your thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with all the all the statements that have been said. It really reminded me of, like, an early Game of Thrones. Like, it's like a bubble episode. There's plots. There's back plots. There's subplots. There's, like, sub-subplots. 
Everyone's yeah. kind of conniving with each other. And, you know, it, it, he says it at the very beginning, like King Henry says, like, listen, here's how this is going to go down. He's going to come in. I'm going to fucking throw out an offer. He's going to counter offer. I'm going to counter counter offer. Yeah. We're just going to like bicker the entire time. And there's going to be fighting. And then in the end, I'll win because I'm the fucking king. And that's what I do. And yeah. then that's exactly what happens. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think anybody expected it to go down the way it did or to be yeah. used like pawns, you know, but I thought it was awesome. I mean, the acting was amazing. I had never seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Anthony Hopkins obviously is a great actor. Oh, yeah. But the entire cast was amazing. Um, it, this, if, if this is not the character that inspired Cersei, I don't know what is. That's, yeah, like, definitely. Like, she was such an amazing, like, iconic, just powerful. She came in. She owned the room. Oh, she yeah. was chill. She wasn't, like, overly emotional. But you could tell that she had a lot of love for, like... I guess Richard for some reason. Yeah, but they do. They all love yeah. each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was Cersei's thing is like, she loved Joffrey for fuck all. Who knows why? Yeah. But like, she was going to do anything to like get him on the throne. And yeah, it, I, I got a lot of the same vibes. Uh, I had to do a lot of research on French geography <laughs> to get through this movie. I don't know about you guys, but I was just like, what the fuck are all these provinces where England owns part of France now? They did. What? Yeah. They did. Um, so, Aquitaine and the Vexen. I want the Aquitaine. I want the Aquitaine. Yeah. Everyone wanted the Aquitaine. Man. So John lost a lot of that territory back to Philip, back to Timothy Dalton in real life. Well, and that was when Philip was getting like more powerful. He was like, "I'm no longer a boy." I, yeah, I'm I, a king. I'm, I'm a no king. man's boy. And so that is why basically that area became permanently French. Was because John was such a weak. Yeah, long story short, John was a busted asshole. Yeah, John was a busted asshole. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, eleven eighty three kind of surprised me. I didn't know that it went this far back. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of expected to be like, oh, you know, thirteen hundreds, fourteen hundreds, but like it goes way back there. It does. Yeah, this is a he's a Henry King Henry's a very early king of England. I mean, this is early in the. Yeah, I mean they they talked about like fighting like Saxons and like barbarians and stuff. Yeah, which those all came over from. Yeah, Norway. Norway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Norman invasion, I think, was 1160. Like, that's all I know. Ten, history-wise. 1066, really? Was it 1060? 1060. 1066, I believe. 1066. Yeah. All right. I was going to be so impressed off. if you, like, pulled that out just off the top <laughs> of your head. And so, yeah, this was King Henry was uh, one of the first Plantagenet kings, the Plantagenet dynasty, this that family line, which also includes uh, Edward the Longshanks from Braveheart. He was a <laughs> great grandson, I believe, of Henry. I think or he was like I think he was John's grandson that became king. Mm. And so yeah, he was obviously not great either. I mean they're all great. Aren't they? <laughs> they are. Aren't they? Yeah. Um but yeah, it, it's a, it's a great film. I love to watch it. So yeah. I love to go back and watch it again. I never get tired of it. So Peter, we're we're question and Catherine Hepburn. How did two. how did you first great. find this movie? Uh, I watched it on AMC. I I heard about it beforehand. I I knew that it was good. Just word of mouth. It was like I, uh, as a kid, I loved to get this is dorky, but Leonard Maltin's movie guide. He had a movie guide that came out every year in paperback. It was like thousand pages thick. It had like twenty something thousand little capsule paragraph reviews in it. And Leonard Maltin was kind of the opposite of Roger Ebert. Leonard Maltin would give like one movie out of like three hundred four stars. You'd never see him give. That's kind of how I am too. I never give movies five stars ever. And so, except for Avengers Endgame, <laughs> surely some movie is a five star. Yeah, they're out there for sure. I mean, I, I would say I give maybe two or three a year five stars. Out of you know, if I review one hundred and fifty, I might give two or three a year. 
just that way it's a little bit like bigger of a thing yeah, if yeah, I do it. Sure. Yeah. Roger Ebert was the opposite. Roger Ebert was very generous with giving four star reviews, and so I kind of took his four star reviews with a grain of salt. He's a four star whore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he would hand out four star reviews. It's like, yeah. It's like natural born killers. I, I don't know. Hot air. Yeah, I'm, he, he gave The Rock three and a half. It's like, eh, maybe? He's a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. It's like, uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> but he, Leonard Malton gave this four stars. And so, I mean, I bet out of 20,000 reviews, there might be two or 300 four-star reviews in the whole book. And so that's why I was like, when I saw it on, I was like, I want to watch this because this is like one of the very few movies he ever gave anything four stars for. So, I mean, probably 16, 17, it caught my eye. Mm. For that reason. And so I watched it and loved it. And I was like, I get what he's talking about. Yeah. Is there one performance out of this entire movie that like really stands out to you? One actor who I was love above the rest? Peter O'Toole. I mean, uh, Lawrence of Arabia is also one of my favorite movies ever made. Um, yeah, I've never seen that. It's a great it's movie. Good. Long. It's four hours long. It was a two VHS set. When yeah. Rented it. it was. Oh, yep. Titanic style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was thick. Um, a thick boy. Yeah, thick boy. <laughs> And Peter O'Toole is, you know, one of the, one of the best actors. He just he shows up and he kind of fell into that trap later. The Michael Caine type thing of like he would take anything for the money. Oh, he was in Supergirl. Yeah, he he, he was in King Ralph. Not that those are bad oh, movies, yeah. but it's a long way down from Lion and Winter to King Ralph. Yeah, you guys continue. I'm going to see if King <laughs> Ralph is on Blu-ray yet. <laughs> Fucking region to my ass. Spoiler alert, there's a Cinema Vino episode back in the day where Travis spends a good chunk of the episode looking to see if King Ralph is available on Blu-ray. <laughs> right. no, it's, it, it's been it six is. months. Yeah, Let's no, check again. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's, it's on. It's yeah. just not in our region. It never hurts to just kind of keep the, the lighthouse light open and searching. Yeah. So, so never... this movie predates uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail by, by seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much inspiration do you think was oh. actually taken i'm sure there was definitely I some mean, yeah i mean it had to be because that was the first thing i noticed i was like man this fight scene and then like even kind of ah, the true. acting and even kind of the look mm-hmm. of a lot of them yeah. and i was just like man this is weird <clears throat> they go out of their way because i remember this from the director's commentary to make it like authentically like middle ages like you at like the first time you see henry he is in his room cracking open the water the ice to get like wash his face it's frozen in his bedroom oh yeah and oh, so it's yeah. like it, it's fucking it sucks. Yeah, that's how cold it is inside there. So it's like, you know, yeah, they, they you know they're going out to meet uh, the king of France or whatever. They come outside, Henry and Eleanor. There's chickens all over the like when they're walking down. Oh, the there's so many dogs in this oh, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so many dogs. I'm glad I didn't have a dog that would, would bark because there were so many dogs barking like in scenes of this movie. Yeah, so it's very body. It's a very earthy movie. Uh huh. So it's yeah. yeah. Um, and they go out of their way to make it make you feel that atmosphere, and so it's like kind of like the Monty Python scene where it's like, you know, how do you know he's a king? It's like, well, because he hadn't got yeah, shit, got all, shit over. all over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. I thought you were gonna go with the the lady whacking the cat against the <laughs> pillar. Wow, wow. <laughs> but also, definitely the scene where it's like, you know, we're a narco stimulus commune. It's like there's there was no lord in the castle or whatever. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like oh, you can see the violence and hurt in the system. You yeah. can see the violence and hurt in the system. <laughs> Shut up! Help, help. I didn't yeah. vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that reminds me of um, what is it like? King Henry says, you know, a nation is a human thing. It does what we do for our reasons. You know, it's like that's wars are fought between you know. Conflict between one leader and another leader, you know, or, yeah. you know, high-powered people and the high-powered people in another country, you know, it's... How shitty to just be like, 
having a fight with your mom and being like, all right, I'm going to like throw a bunch of soldiers your way. Mm-hmm. Like those are, those people's have family. Like, yeah. Just because you're getting mad at your mom, you're going to kill a bunch. Of, that is legitimately what happened in the like 1100s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's happened insane. for hundreds of years. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's like leaders with something to prove. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Catherine Hepburn's performance is amazing in it. She is just staggering. Um, and yeah, she would win one more Oscar for On Golden Pond. I believe she was nominated for over 10. My knight and shining armor. <laughs> On Golden Pond. Um, I'm trying to think. That's about octogenarians banging, right? Yeah. I've never seen it. Everything is. <laughs> it's an interesting movie, yeah. It was uh, Henry Fonda's last movie. That's why I love uh, Grumpier Old Men, and or Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men. Because yeah. it's just like a couple old dudes like Jason Tail. I'm like, <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> That's what Quentin Tarantino needs to redo. <laughs> <laughs> the grumpiest old man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's talked about doing a Star Trek movie. He needs to get in the grumpier old man franchise oh, yeah. and yeah. get that going again. Oh, yeah. I don't know if Tarantino would get the Star Trek uh, experience. Yeah. Because hey, he's offered multiple times to. I know he is like. You ever seen a Borg's feet? <laughs> about to. <laughs> yeah, seven and nine is gonna be having to show her foot through the whole movie. Huh. So there's that. Um, what was I gonna say? I had something. I lost it. Quentin Tarantino, grumpy old man. Yeah, he, yeah, he needs to take that franchise. If I had to pick one, or the Three Ninjas franchise, either way. Oh, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> that we failed you, listeners, by not picking one of the sequels to Three Ninjas. Ah, Knuckle no. Up or something. Uh, the one with Lonnie uh, Anderson's pretty well, good. One of them, I think it was Surf's Up. Mm-hmm. And then I mm-hmm. think, that, I don't know what the second one was called. They go to Knuckle Mountain or whatever. Uh, yeah. Something Mountain. Don't they, yeah, don't they fight Hulk Hogan at some point? And Lonnie Anderson. Yeah, okay. And maybe Burt Reynolds. I'm not sure. I think maybe Burt Reynolds and Lonnie, Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> so... But I think they would be be a great team now with Sharp Boy and Lava Girl. Oh, I'm yeah. just gonna say that and leave it. So, which three ninja were you? Uh, There's Rocky, Tum Tum, and Colt. Colt. Yeah, mm-hmm. we. I'm Tum Tum. There you go. Yeah, I don't know who I am. I, I'll, I mean, I'll trust the judgment of the court. I think I was Tum Tum too. Yeah, I think I would have been Colt because yeah. Rocky was the oldest one. Yeah, he was like Leonardo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'd say you you were Colt. Yeah. Because Colt was Raphael esque. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Same vibe. So who would I be? Rocky. Who? I think you're Rocky. No. Yeah. So. You be you be Grandpa. <laughs> 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 you be the guy that taught him everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You be the Grandpa. I'm Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking I'm Donatello. No, I'm the wise old rat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, at least you know bitch ass Danny. That's so, true. Yeah. That's true. And you know, my parents told me that growing up and now I know what they meant. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> I damn finally it, understand. I'll be damned if you're a bitch ass Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> um Are we going to three ninjas for Halloween? Ooh. Oh. oh. Well, there's four of us. I know. Oh, I'll no. have to be, I'll have to be the rat. I know that we'll cross pollinating our franchises, but I'll have to be a rat. Uh, and yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah, you start to teeter on some things. I don't know if you could, you know, be the grandpa that might teeter on some. I don't think I can say issues. what I'm going is for Halloween. Okay, because you're just gonna have to bleep it. Are you gonna put it on your only OnlyFans? Oh, 
probably. <laughs> um, I want to share because Joanna, my wife, I, wa- I was going to be share. <laughs> the outfit that she wore the Oscars that one time. The <laughs> or you say Joanna did what? Um, side note for you listeners uh, to picture Travis in this outfit. Google share 1987 Oscars. You're welcome. Um, Joanna watched Top Gun for the first time two weeks ago. She'd never seen it. And uh, I told her about Travis's uh, Halloween costume, but circa 2007, 2008. Oh, yeah. Where he dressed as Maverick from the volleyball scene. Uh, shirtless, dog tags, aviator shades, and with a bottle of mist to keep yourself sweaty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I had a taped up hand. I also had my uh, a wife beater, yeah. but I just didn't keep it on most of the night. I just kept my shirt off and asked people to spray me. And give you a good mist. So I would have a, a good glisten. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, carried a volleyball with me. Yeah. And I, I will say, I went to a second Halloween party during our Halloween party. And I won the costume contest at that Halloween party. <laughs> they gave me a heck. And then I came back. As you should have. Mm-hmm. I remember you had a thing where you, I think you were wearing a watch. And you, or at least you imagine that you were wearing a watch because the scene where Maverick checks his time yeah. and he flexes yeah. while checking his watch. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. I wish more photos had been taken. Yeah. Um, I ate a lot of linguine that night. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that, but I had a. Was that that night? I had a giant plate of linguine. Remember, I don't remember that. I don't remember if it was like, that was Todd's or Travis. Or Trav- Halloween night, but anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. No. no. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're doing this special about like movies that that speak about who we are individually. <laughs> well, I don't know if I want to say that. <laughs> Not about my movie. Well, okay, favorite movie. No, I know, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Um because it's like yeah, con I've I've noticed like people don't have a type in terms of, I mean, like I don't necessarily believe in types in terms of romantic interests. I think to some degree that people yeah, like that's fake. Yeah. But I think Taylor has a type when it comes to movies. Hey, I I, I love all movies. You love one-liners. There, uh, if you can give me a movie with constant one-liners and phenomenal acting, I'm in. Because it's like Die Hard, Welcome Die Hard party, Two, pal. Congo, uh, Con Air. It's oh. like you love the one-liners. Honestly, Honestly this movie had a ton of one-liners. It really, yeah, mm-hmm. it did. It did. They were just like a little more, you know, highfalutin Shakespearean. But yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, lot, there's a lot of comedy in it. There's a lot of funnier moments. Yeah, because what technically Henry was like 51 mm-hmm. in this film, like you know, he, <clears throat> when he was calling him boy, old man. yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, uh, one of my favorites is when John is like, you know, if I were on fire, there's nobody that would pee on me to put out the flames. And Henry's like, well, or no, Richard was like, let's strike a match and find out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, got him. Yeah, there's there's good stuff in there. Um, but next, we're going to do Sean's uh, by random drawing. Buckaroo Banzai, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai in the Eighth Dimension. Yeah, yeah. Buckaroo Banzai, uh, Adventures Across the Eighth Dimension. Okay, yeah, yeah. I knew it was something it, like that. It's, there's only one. You think there might be a sequel out there. No. There's not. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they, they throw you a curveball. Yeah. Yep. And so I've never seen it. I've always heard about it. Yeah, I've never, yeah, seen, I never seen it either. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I feel... I feel lucky. Yeah. Yeah. To show you guys this movie. And that's why I pivoted. I was going to do Raiders of the Lost Ark because that's one of my all-time See, favorites. the same way, yeah. And it was like, well, you know, we've all seen it a million times, and that might be kind of fun to talk about, but I also kind of want to bring some of the group that people haven't seen before. Yeah. You yep. know? Yep. So, because it's like I've seen a, quite a few movies, and it's like I want to find something that maybe we can, like, you know, like I say, pop some cherries and talk yeah. about 
Talk about something new. Cherry Pop and Daddies. Exactly. Mm, phenomenal band. Man, that was, a, that was a good time in the 90s. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Yeah, uh, something Wood. Squirrel really, Nut really, Zippers. Really, yeah. Yeah. really, really Big Fish? Yeah. Real, real, big real big fish. Okay. Butthole surfers. It was a good time for the Edge birthday bash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a Tulsa uh, alt-rock joke for you. Oh, so yeah. enjoy that. Deep cut. Mm-hmm. Also, Burger Street. Also, I don't know if you have Burger Street in your town, but you, you should petition. Write your senators, congressmen, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. Write your local constabulary and tell them you want a Burger Street. You're James Lankford. Mm-hmm. Actually, hey, and at Burger Street, you want to throw some shekels our way? Get us some free uh, free cherry limeades? Yeah. We'll drink them. Yeah. On the air. I'll <laughs> chug it. Uh, I'll add a little something to mine. <laughs> we'll play Power Hour with a cherry limeade. Mm. Although that's how you get cavities. <laughs> Bring them. So... Uh, this has been another episode of San Mavino. Um, out with a bang and in with a lot of crying. Yeah. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, y'all. Hasta luego. You can listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are available. Our website is at cinemavino.net, and reviews of these movies can be found at toddwatfordmovies.com. Mm-hmm.